you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Romans chapter 8. Romans, the 8th chapter. Very familiar and noted verse and text. But go with me again and let's rehearse one more time the wonderful powerful, life-changing, situation-altering, amen, word of God, praise God. All you need is just a word sometimes, and that word is enough. Romans chapter 8, verse 30, 28, and we know that all things work together for good, to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. For whom He did foreknow, He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom He did predestinate, them He also called, and whom He called, them He also justified, and whom He justified, them He also glorified. Now, to understand all of that, you have to go back to verse 29 and understand what it means when it says, for whom he did foreknow. There are many people that have taken this particular portion of Scripture out of context, and they have preached that God has predestined some people to be saved and some people to be lost. But that's not what this passage is about. The key is found in verse 29 when it says, For whom he did foreknow. The word that is used for foreknow speaks of not only knowledge but a plan. What it literally is speaking about is God's divine purpose. And God has a purpose for all of us. God has a purpose for all of us. And that purpose, when it is fulfilled, uh, will bring about change in our life. And we are predestined when we live according to His purpose, when we live according to God's plan. Verse number 31, he concludes by saying, What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? What shall we say then to These things, what things? Well, probably the things that he's talking about in verse 28. All things, everything, anything. And God said, now through his word, what shall we say to these things? What shall we say to these things? This is what you say to these things. If God... Before me, who can be against me? Praise God. If God before me, who could be against me? I want to talk to you this morning from the subject, how to talk to your troubles. Everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you for being here this morning. Sometimes I feel like I'm fighting a five-alarm fire with a water pistol, 
trying to convince some of you of what our text has affirmed to us today. But I'm going to come one more time with my water pistol. I'm going to come one more time with the eternal, everlasting, unchanging, not lying word of God. I don't know if that's a good way to say it, but that's how I feel. Amen. The Bible said in whom it is impossible for God to lie. So that word is sure. I think all of us understand this morning that faith, is still the currency of heaven. Faith is still the medium of exchange in life and in our spiritual life. We understand that without faith it is impossible to please God. And whether we feel like it or we feel faith or not, faith is still faith and it is necessary. Probably no other area of our spiritual life do we feel more vulnerable than in the area of faith. Many of us sitting here this morning do not feel like we have any faith. We don't feel like we have any faith. Some of us feel like we don't have enough faith. That if we had enough faith, We wouldn't be going through what we're going through. If we had enough faith, we wouldn't be facing what we're facing. If we had enough faith, we'd get out of this dilemma that we're in. Some of us say that we can't find our faith. We've lost it. We once believed or we once had confidence, but we can't find it this morning. That's why you need to be careful how you treat people when you come to church. Because you don't ever know what they had to deal with to get here. You don't ever know what they had to walk through to get through those doors back there. You don't know what they had to wade through just to get into this assembly. What they had to get over and get up from just to come today. There are some people that are sitting on these pews this morning had to wade through hell to get here. That's why you need to be careful about being harsh on people and mean and vindictive and and hard and 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 critical and judgmental because you don't ever know what that person sitting next to you had to face even this morning there are some people that perhaps live with public trouble but there's a lot of people that live with private hell and yet they come into the house of god and they not they they may not They may not show it on the outside because we're all good at disguising our troubles. We are all good at making pretty the outside, though the inside may be empty and void. And we don't know what that person sitting next to us had to deal with in their mind or in their spirit or in their home or on their job or with their children or whatever in life. You don't know what they had to deal with just to get here. They may look pretty on the outside and they may look like they have it all together on the surface, but underneath there is a war going on. The truth is, even among the weakest of us this morning, we still have some faith. Amen. We still have some semblance or similitude of faith. If not, then 
I doubt seriously if you would be here. Now, I know that you love me and you love other people in this church, but I don't think some of you would go through the trouble that you went through this morning just because you love me or because you love somebody else in this service. As weak as we might feel and as vulnerable as we may feel at the moment, there is still a little bit of faith in all of us. It may be weak faith, but it's still faith. Amen. It may be struggling faith, but it's still faith. It may be a small faith, but it's still faith. And Jesus said that if you have faith as the grain of a mustard seed, thou can say to this mountain, be thou plucked up and planted in the sea and What you say will come to pass. So even if your faith is small, it's still faith. It may be little faith, but I say to you this morning that with God, little is much if God is in it. Somebody ought to say amen to that. Praise God. Some of you this morning are just hanging on by thread. And I've come to give you a word to help you hang on a little longer. Somebody said amen. Amen. Romans, the eighth chapter is the life chapter of the whole book. You read book, the book of Romans, you begin in chapter 1. You don't read very long until you are so bogged down with the heaviness of man's failure and his sin and how he messed up God's plan and purpose from the garden. You are so weighted down with the oppression of the law and all of the do's and don'ts and the these and thou's that you can't even see your way clearly until you come to the 8th chapter. And he begins chapter 8 verse 1 with these words, There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. And then he proceeds in chapter 8 to draw a line between two ways of living, a spiritual life and a fleshly life. He draws a line between life and death. And he said, this is what leads to life and this is what leads to death. When I was rereading that portion of scripture this morning, I realized that you can look at the direction that a person is going in their life and you can tell what's dominating their life, either the flesh or the spirit. Read the chapter and find the word is there. You can look at a person's direction, where they're moving toward, what they're looking like, what they're becoming more involved in, and those that they hang around with, and you can determine whether or not they are moving in the spirit or they are moving in the flesh. Everybody said amen. And in this chapter, Paul deals with some of the most troubling things of life. He deals with condemnation. Condemnation. It is that feeling of guilt, of unworthiness, that feeling of inadequacy, that, that sense that you are just trash, that you are failure, that you can't get anything right that you've got two left feet and you you couldn't say the right thing at the right time if your life depended on it, 
you're going to say the wrong thing. You're going to do the wrong thing. That's what he's talking about. The spirit of condemnation. That mind that speaks against you. That cries out and says that you're not worthy. That you are just a failure and you are a mistake. And so Paul deals with condemnation. And if you read on, you find out that he soon picks up the subject of fear. He talks about the fears that are within us. Those things that worry us, our anxieties, what stresses us out, what pushes us to the brink, what makes us feel like we are open prey. All of those things that we don't know the outcome to. And then he talks about sufferings. Those hardships of life that are just unexplainable. You you don't deserve it, but it came and it happened. You didn't ask for it, but it knocked on your door. You thought you were living a life that would prevent any of that. And that the next morning there it happens. You got the pink slip, some other jerk sitting across the, the desk from you that's lied and cheated and done everything else, they got to stay. You lost everything in the stock market and some reprobate down the street that drinks and cusses and lives like a whoremonger has profited and you look at life and you think, God, what is wrong with this picture? This doesn't seem right. And so Paul talks to us about suffering, the things that we go through that we cannot understand, that you can't make sense of. You've tried to do it right. You've not been perfect but you've tried to do it right you've tried to live a good life you're you're not a wicked person you're not a vile individual but you have suffered anyway am i talking to anybody here this morning that knows anything about suffering paul talks about suffering and then he talks about weaknesses yeah weaknesses those are the things that we don't like to talk about Those are those secret things in our life that we don't want anybody to know that we are vulnerable to. We have a tendency to lean that direction. There's just something in us. You know, it's like having that craving for bluebell and you just, you can say, you can say no to anything but temptation. Weaknesses. Are there any people here this morning that have any weaknesses? Anything that just keeps cropping up, you put it down and it's down for a day or two. Maybe it's an anger. Maybe it's an uncontrolled rage that just continually comes back and troubles you. Maybe everything goes good. You've got good relationships with people. You get along with everybody for a while. Then all of a sudden, just like the flip of a switch, you wake up tomorrow. Somebody says something. Somebody does something. And man, you snap and you get out of the situation and you look back and you think, my God, why did I do that? Why did I say that? Why did I react like that? Paul talks about our weaknesses. Those things that if we were to flash them on the screen, we would all be red-faced today. We would all be covering our face. We would all slip under the pew. Oh, God, please don't let the preacher talk about that. He talked about our weaknesses. He talked about disasters. Things that happen in life that are just nothing short of disaster. And then he talked about the unknown. The unknown. What is yet down the road. 
you know, we can pretty well handle what we know, but it's tomorrow. It's, it's the fact that the contract wasn't renewed. And it's the fact that our, our, our company is, is, is on a shutdown mode. It's, it's in a trimming economy is tied and people are holding on to money. They're not doing what they used to do. And so it's tomorrow that we are uncertain of. It's, it's what's coming up next week. Am I going to make enough sales next week? Am I going to make enough contacts next week? Am I going to do enough to get the kind of rating that I need to stay on my job? Or will they find somebody younger or prettier or more capable than I and shove me out the door with a slap on the back and say, thank you, goodbye? Folks, it happens every day like that. The future. The future. Paul talks about the future in Romans 8. And in the consideration of all of these things, Paul asks this searching question. What shall we say to these things? What do we say to condemnation? What do we say to that mind that continually speaks in the background of our failings and our shortcomings what do we say to that that spirit of fear that just slips up on us in the middle of the day and we're doing fine and then all of a sudden it's like it's got its hand around our our jugular vein and choking the very life out of us and we go into panic mode and and hypertension goes up and we got to look for the blood pressure pills and we got to find something somewhere where we can lay down we got to go get a drink or we got to get a hit or we got to go see somebody or we got to go buy something to try to get our What do we say to those fears that just come up in the moment and they seize our heart and they drag us down into some hell? What do we say to those? What do we say to those sufferings that you and I both know are undeserved? You don't deserve to be alone. You don't deserve to be abandoned. You don't deserve for people to have lied on you like they've lied on you. You don't deserve people to have treated you the way they've treated you you don't deserve that what do you do about what what do you say about those weaknesses those weaknesses those those things in your life that just make you melt when you think about them oh god i hope that had never come out i hope that doesn't ever get on facebook i hope nobody ever hacks my computer I hope nobody ever reads my email. I hope nobody ever reads my texts. Oh, I come to preach to you this morning, folks. You may not, you may be like some preacher friend of mine told me. He had one of the people in his church the other day tell him, he said, brother, he, he got mad at church and he stomped out and brother, uh, brother so and so called him and said, what, what happened? He said, I didn't come to church to be preached to. Well, my God, what did you come for? If you come here, you better come ready to be preached to because we're not playing church around here and I'm not here to get your vote. I'm not here to see if you like me or not. I'm here to declare the unadulterated Word of God and try to help get some of you out of the hell you're living in right now and tell you that there's a better way. God can help all of you. Come on, lift your hands to Him right now.
praise Him right now. Come on, somebody. God wants to help all of us today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, God, you know it's going to be a great day when you knock the water off the pulpit and all your notes fall out on the floor. Amen. What do you say to those weaknesses? What, what do you say to the disasters? What, what do you say to that unknown thing? Everybody say thing. Everybody has got some thing. Your thing is different than my thing. Your problem is not the same as my problem, but we've all got a thing or two in our life that's troubling us this morning. We all have a thing or two that's causing all kinds of havoc and Hades in our life right now. We all have a thing or two that's troubling us. What are we talking about? We're talking about life experiences. We're talking about disappointments and disasters and problems and pressures and perplexities and heartache and heartbreak and headaches and heaviness and hostility and life or death, things present Things to come. Now, the future. We don't know about all of it. We're talking about heights and depths. Did you know that when Paul, later on in the chapter, when he talked about height and depth, those two words in the Greek were astronomical terms. They were actually used in reference to astrology. That there were many people that were under the assumption that because they were born under a certain star, or they were born in a certain month, or they were born at a certain time or they were born to certain parents or they were born in a certain era that they were doomed to certain failure you were your, your mother was an alcoholic so you're going to be an alcoholic your daddy was a drug addict so you're going to be a drug addict your daddy was a whoremonger so you're going to be a whoremonger and they grew up thinking that those things were the things that determined their future and their destiny height or depth those things that are out there that we have no control over the birth of a child the family that you come into the children that you raise up you don't ever know how those children are going to turn out and you better be sharp and be smart enough to not mouth off about somebody else's kids until you get your kids raised because you don't know what kind of hell your own kids can put you through before it's over with And some of you sitting on these pews right now think you are jinxed. You think you got a mark over your head that said, here's the bozo. Point arrow this direction. Here's the sucker. Come and fool him again. Yeah. You got the idea that because of some star or some event or some choice or some failure that you are doomed and locked in and that those stars determine your destiny and Paul said neither height nor depth your stars cannot separate you from the love of God Whatever those stars, they may be black stars, black holes. I'm talking about the ones that you can't see that that are mysterious. Those stars that you live under, 
that influence your life. They could be of the worst kind. But Paul said, the stars cannot hurt you. Who your parents are, who your daddy was, who your mama was, who your friends were, who your spouse might be, cannot hurt you if you understand this one principle that if God be for me, who can be against me? Uh, yeah, think of it, my friend. Think of it, my friend. Here is the answer to all of life's problems, of all of life's perplexities, of all of life's disasters. Here is the answer to condemnation and fear. And here's the answer to weaknesses and vulnerablenesses. And here's the answer to the unknown. And here's the answer to suffering. Here is the answer. It is a stubborn faith that stands up and said, you know what? I believe God and God is for me. And if God is for me, who can be against me? God is on my side. Here is a faith that is no match or, or, or that, that is a match to every life's fear. It is a faith that pits the problem against the power of God. It it pits the perplexities in life within the context of God's priorities. It pits the weaknesses of man against the strength of God. It permits the worries of man to be considered against the works of God. And when Paul considered all and said when all things have been considered, this is what you say to all things. This is what you say to condemnation. This is what you say to guilt. This is what you say to oppression. This is what you say to fear. This is what you say to your weaknesses. If God be for me, if God be for me, who can be against me? Hallelujah. 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 You're talking about a faith of an overcomer here. You're talking about the faith of a striver here. You're talking about the faith of an achiever, the faith of one who wins despite every obstacle that is against him. It's a faith that doesn't wilt under pressure. Amen. It doesn't wilt under pressure. And listen to me. It doesn't whine about every problem. I said it doesn't whine about every problem. You know what? You don't need to ask some people how things are going. Because you already know before you ask them how it's going. Talk about the weather. Talk about the Astros. Talk about the Broncos or anybody. But don't ask them how they're doing because you're going to get something you don't want. Amen. I'm talking about a faith that will take the whine out of your life. And I'm not here to make fun of anybody. I've all, we've all whined at some point. Oh, come on, folks. Don't give me that Baptist nod. You know I'm talking the truth right now. We've all whined at some time. We've all had our little pity parties. Nobody likes me. I'm going to take my marbles and go home. I'm not coming back to this church. 
They don't treat me right. Ah, nobody cares about me. I could die and nobody would call me. Oh, hello. <laughs> ah, God, I didn't know I was going to see all this this morning, Lord. I hope you're in me. I hope you're helping me right now. I do want to live beyond the day, God. But God's Word said it'll take the wine out of us. It'll take the cry out of every trouble. Amen. This is the kind of faith that doesn't crawl away from every crisis and get over in its little corner and start sucking on its thumb. Whoa. I better go on. I'm talking about a faith that doesn't wilt under pressure. Here is a faith that stands up and believes God. Listen to me, folks. If you're going to live in this world, you are going to have to have. You have got to have. You must have a faith that will stand up every once in a while and say, You know what? I don't care what you think about me. I don't care what you say about me. I don't care what you put on Facebook about me. I believe God. And God said that He is for me. And if God is for me, who can be against me? Ah, yeah, you need a faith that will stand up for yourself. You need to stand up, hey, and then we'll say, I'm going to make it through this. I'm going to get over this. I'm better than this. God has made a way for me. God has a plan for my life. God has a purpose for me. I'm going to get through this by the help and grace of God. I am going to get through this. We're talking about a faith that will stand up by itself. You can laugh at me, but I'm still going to believe. You can mock me, but I'm still going to believe. You can talk about me, but I'm still going to believe. You can Facebook me, but I'm still going to believe. You can take my house, but I'm still going to believe. You can take my car, but I'm still going to believe. You can leave me, but I'm still going to believe. You can get mad at me. And I'm still going to believe. I can deal with sickness, but I'm still going to believe. I can have children that are strung out on rebellion, but I'm still going to believe. You can have a family in crisis and still believe. Amen. Somebody say, I believe. I believe. The world and people will often have a lot to say about my life. And your life. Listen to me. What they say is not nearly as important as what this book says. Praise God. Three of them. Hey Amen. That's okay, Brother George. That's all right. I'm going to leave them there. I'm going to stomp on them in a minute. Amen. Hey Amen. Hey People are going to talk about you. You know, that's been one of the hardest things for me to get over in life is that people are going to talk about me. And they're not going to talk about me privately. They're going to talk about me publicly. Yeah. They're even going to say things that are just bald-faced lies about me. They wouldn't know the truth if it walked up and kissed them in the mouth. 
going to, they're just, they, they, they wouldn't know the truth if it was sitting in their lap right now. But you know what? My life is not based on whether you say the right thing about me or not. Now that's hard because I want everybody to love me. And you know what? Sad as it is, not everybody does love me. They don't love all of you either. So don't get to feeling too sorry for me. You think everybody loves me? Nobody loves you. Well, I've got some news for you, folks. There's some people that don't like you too. But I don't sit around. That's one reason why I'm not on Facebook. I don't need to know what you had for supper last night. I don't need to know how many times you went to the bathroom yesterday. I know that's all right. I know that's social media and that's how we stay connected. But you know what? If I listen to everything everybody says about me as a pastor, at some point, I'd never come back into this building. Because the truth is, almost all of you at some time in your life have been on the wrong side of the fence with me. You thought my decision or my choice or whatever I did was not right. And that's your choice. That's, that's, I'm not mad at you about that. But you know what? If I regulated what I did based on what you think about me, I'd be in my trailer right now headed down 45 going somewhere. I don't know where, but going somewhere. But I'm not. I'm here this morning because God talked to me this week and said there's some folks that are struggling with condemnation. You've got some people there that are dealing with some human weaknesses and, and they're dealing with some fears and they're wrestling with suffering, trying to make sense of it all. And I need you to tell them how they need to talk to their troubles. You need to stand up every once in a while and say, you know what, trouble, come on. Come on, trouble. Come on. Come on, trouble. Come on. Because if God is for me, who can be against me? And that trouble that comes, God's going to slap it down. God's going to knock it down. Or God's going to use it to make me a better man. Whichever way it is, I'm going to get through it all and say, Thank you, God, that you kept your hand on me. Thank you, God, that you saw me through. Thank you for your mercies this morning. Come on, let's stand to our feet together. Come on, somebody lift your voice and praise Him with me right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Listen, folks. Some of you have been letting your troubles just talk to you too much. They've talked you down into a corner. They've talked you into all kind of not just one failure, but one failure after another failure. That's what troubles do. You make one bad decision, and if you're not careful, you listen to your troubles, they'll make you make another bad decision. You made a mistake. You, you made a wrong choice. You did something you shouldn't have done. And if you listen to your troubles, your troubles are going to push you into a corner, and you're going to make another one. And some of you just keep repeating 
that same trouble that you, 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 you get to church, you feel good about it, you walk out the door and man, it hits you right in the face. I'm giving you something to help somebody today. You need to stand up and start talking to your trouble. You need to stand up and start talking to your condemnation. You need to stand up and start talking to your weaknesses. You need to stand up and start talking to your fears. Instead of letting them talk to you, you talk to them. What shall we say to these things? 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 Who can be against us? You need to say it right now. Fear. God is for me. And you are not going to destroy me. Weaknesses. Flesh. Humanity. I know you've tried to kill me. You've tried to take me down. You've tried to pull me under. But I've come to declare the word of God over this today. My flesh and say, flesh, you're not going to win this battle. You're not going to win this battle. God is for me. 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 You don't have to be for me, but God is for me. And if God is for me, who can be against me? It'll get you out of any trouble. It'll get you past any fear. It'll get you over any hurdle in life that you've not been able to get over. It'll get you past tomorrow. Amen. It'll get your name written in the Lamb's book of life. Oh, uh, yeah. It'll put your hand in His hand. And Jesus said, Lord, I want to thank you that no one has plucked them out of my hand. No one. No one. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. I don't deserve it. I certainly have not merited if God based His love on my performance, I would have to leave here this morning empty. I would have to leave without hope. But God didn't base His love on my performance. He based His love on His person, who He is. God is love. God is love. God is love. And so He loves me in spite of it all. Not every person has this assurance. Not every person has that assurance. And I, I, I don't want to be misleading, but it would be an awful thing to not have God for you this morning. Amen. So how do I do that, Brother Hughes? You get on his side. That's how you do it. You humble yourself. You submit yourself to the mighty hand of God. Amen. If God be for me, who can be against me?
Come on, somebody, talk to your troubles right now. Come on, help me. Let's, let's talk to our troubles right now. Oh, yes, God.